Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 23rd of February. As the COVID vaccination program rolls out across Australia, there's some more positive news this morning on the AstraZeneca vaccine. New data has shown it's more effective the longer you wait for the second jab. The scientists who developed the vaccine have found if doses were given six weeks apart, it was around 55% effective. But waiting for 12 weeks between shots saw it increase to 82%. Medical authorities say they will launch widespread education campaigns to let Australians know when they will be eligible to get the vaccine. Deputy Chief Medical Officer Michael Kidd has told the project GPs will also be contacting their patients directly. There'll be lots of ways for people to find out. Nobody's going to miss out. Everybody who wants to get this vaccine is going to be able to get it and it's free of charge. Overseas now, and despite more than 9,000 new infections a day in the UK and hundreds of deaths, the British Prime Minister has announced a roadmap out of its COVID lockdown. Boris Johnson says he's made the decision on latest data and most major restrictions will be lifted by the end of June. Here is the British PM. We cannot escape the fact that lifting lockdown will result in more cases, more hospitalisations and sadly more deaths. And this would happen whenever lockdown is lifted, whether now or in six or nine months, because there will always be some vulnerable people who are not protected by the vaccines. While over in the US, a grim milestone with the country set to pass half a million COVID-19 deaths today. It's the highest death toll in the world, with US President Joe Biden planning a candlelit ceremony. The country's top infectious diseases expert, Dr Anthony Fauci, has told CNN it is devastating. It's something that is historic. It's nothing like we've ever been through in the last 102 years since the 1918 influenza pandemic. People decades from now, Dana, are going to be talking about this as a, as a terribly historic milestone, you know, in the history of this country to have these many people to have died from a respiratory borne infection. It really is a terrible situation that we've been through and that we're still going through. Also making news this morning, a fourth woman has come forward with allegations against the man accused of raping Brittany Higgins at Parliament House. The anonymous woman has told the ABC he allegedly touched her inappropriately at a Canberra bar in 2017. Miss Higgins is set to lodge a formal complaint with police tomorrow. Meantime, a Labor MP has hit out at the conversation surrounding the alleged sexual assault. Claire O'Neill has told 7.30 a lot of commentary from senior political leaders has been about how they don't want women to feel vulnerable in their workplace, but that should not be the focus. What caused the alleged sexual assault was a man who felt entitled to commit an illegal act, allegedly, um, so close to the, the Prime Minister's office. Now, if we define that as the problem, then we're going to end up with a much more, I think, deep sense of what is actually going on in this building. The latest allegation came just hours before reports dropped that the federal government is set to make major changes to JobSeeker. It's believed a formal statement will be made sometime today, announcing a permanent increase in the allowance. 
And former NRL player Sam Burgess has been charged with a number of traffic offences after undergoing a roadside drug test in the southern highlands of New South Wales. The 32-year-old is accused of driving an unregistered car without a New South Wales licence after being pulled over by police. Mr Burgess had a second drug test at the police station, which has been sent for further analysis. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Tuesday morning to Queensland firstly and investigations are continuing this morning into a deadly unit fire which has claimed the lives of two people. Police are treating the blaze as suspicious and our Brisbane reporter Amy Drew has more. Well, the blaze broke out early on Monday morning at the townhouse in Browns Plains, south of Brisbane, with a man and woman missing, feared dead. It took some extensive work from emergency crews through the day and night to make the home structurally safe enough to enter. And sadly, their fears were confirmed just a couple of hours ago, finding the bodies of a 49-year-old woman and a 49-year-old man inside. Preliminary investigations indicate the blaze was deliberately lit. Detectives are investigating the pair's relationship. The male thought to have been the woman's ex-partner. It's believed a DVO had been issued by a court just a couple of weeks ago. To Victoria now and in a bombshell development, the state government has announced a royal commission after mounting pressure over Crown Casino. It follows a damning report from New South Wales authorities, with Western Australia also announcing its own investigation into money laundering allegations. James Lake has more from Melbourne. Yeah, that's right, Tash. In a classic case of if you're going to go late, you have to go big. Spring Street has announced a royal commission into Crown. Now, the investigation will follow up on evidence of money laundering and other criminal activity happening around the casino, predominantly the site at South Bank in Melbourne. The Victorian government has stopped short of promising to act on any recommendations, though, from a royal commission. The casino, which is Victoria's largest private sector employer, has long had a cosy relationship with successive state governments here who have been happy to lap up enormous tax revenues and not ask too many more questions. To Sydney now and another twist in the ongoing case of a missing local businesswoman. The husband and son of Melissa Caddick have now had their weekly living allowance stopped by the federal court. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, a huge blow for the husband and teenage son of missing Sydney businesswoman Melissa Caddick, who've been told they will no longer receive any living expenses. Their weekly allowance has been cut off by the federal court after revelations there's just $5,600 in the 49-year-old's numerous bank accounts. It's also bad news for investors who are trying to claw back the millions they handed to Melissa. She hasn't been seen since she disappeared from her Dover Heights mansion on November 12 after ASIC raided her home and seized her assets following a probe into her business dealings. Detectives believe Melissa is still alive and could be in hiding. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canster. Effie, good morning. Now, data from the September quarter from last year showed a huge jump in the number of Australians taking out hospital and extras cover. New data is set to come out today. Do you think it will show that that trend will continue? Yeah, good morning, Tash. That is, it was a huge surprise, wasn't it, that the September quarter of 2020 showed that there was an increase in membership, both hospital and extra cover, when you compared it to the previous quarter. About 100,000 people signed up for hospital cover in the September quarter. Now, it will be interesting to see today that data comes out uh, if there is that, if that trend will continue. 
But it, a lot of this jump was to do with COVID, basically blowing out the public hospital waiting lists because elective surgeries were put on hold. Consumers were probably panicking and thinking, well, I'll get private cover um, so I can get this procedure done. But look, whether this continues or not will be interesting because we know that, you know, long-term data shows people are ditching their private health insurance. APRA data reveals that only 44% of the population has hospital cover now, and that's down from around 47% five years ago. But to make matters worse, in a little over a month, we're going to be forced to pay even more for our health cover because of that annual increase. This will be the second rise in just six months, which sees the combined impact of these two premium increases, um, hikes of over 6% tash for some of the major funds. Now, I know that's going to hurt and a lot of people are going to question the value of it. Look, all I can give you now is probably some simple ways to cut your premium. I mean, the obvious, if you've got the cash, prepay your annual premiums before the price hike on April 1 because you can lock in the old price. If you did lose your job or you've had, um, you know, your hours reduced, check with your insurer to find out what rebate tier you may be on. This could lower your premium. And another way is mix and match your policies. There's no rule that you've got to use one provider for both hospital and uh, extras. You might find some savings there. And do what, as I guess uh, Gwyneth Paltrow have said, consciously uncouple your health insurance policies, that is. Oh, I don't There's want to no take ver- financial <laughs> advice from Gwyneth. <laughs> No, just the separation bit. There's no benefit in actually having a couple policy. Two singles may actually be better off um, if you can remove anything to do with, say, pregnancy for the male partner whilst keeping it for the female partner who maybe be trying to conceive. You might find some savings there too. Yeah, some great tips because it's such a big debate, isn't it, whether to stick with it with premiums increasing so much and when you seem to need it, it's not there. Um, Also today, FE house prices, more speculation, uh, house prices are set to jump by around 20%. But if we see a flood of stock on the market and maybe an increase in interest rates, do you still think it will increase by that much? Yeah, no, they're the red flags too. I mean, it, this doesn't stop the, these predictions of prices and talk about fear of missing out and, and what's driving this market. So Westpac economists came out yesterday with some very bullish property price outlooks and they're very they're, they're upbeat. They're, they're probably the most excited about prices and where they're going to land in the next two years. They've actually lifted their forecast dwelling prices with 10% gains now expected in this year and then 10% gains again next year. They are concerned about those red flags that you just raised flattening out in 2023, where they expect two things to happen. Uh, A possible rise in fixed-term interest rates combined with prudential measures aimed at, I guess, calling the market that, that lift in the leverage. Now, at the moment, though, banks are clearly fighting for home loan business. I mean, even just yesterday, the major bank, NAB, uh, announced cuts to its fixed-rate home loans, up to 0.55% off for owner-occupiers. That brings its three-year fixed rate now just to 1.98%, and this puts it ahead of the other major banks. And to give you an example, say on a $400,000 home loan, locking in at 1.98 compared to the average variable rate, you're going to save at least $273 each month, almost $10,000 over that three-year fixed rate period. Worth noting, though, that's not the cheapest rate on the market, and this is where consumers need to, to look around. The cheapest is actually 1.75. And believe it or not, it's Ubank, which NAB owns anyway. Now, of course, before you lock in, understand there are pros and cons. And one little tip is to maybe split your risk by splitting your loan into several maybe fixed and variable portions. 
The good news is, according to CanStar's database, 91% of lenders allow you to do this. Um, the average fee is about $213, but the good news again is that 75% of lenders don't charge this split fee. So something worth looking at. That's great. It's good for homeowners, not so good for the self-funded retirees or those trying to live off interest. Well, it's funny you should say that. I mean, the merger yesterday that happened between Bank of Queensland and ME Bank, ME Bank has been known for offering, you know, leading term deposit rates, especially in the three and six months. But this merger, I suspect we'll probably see these rates go because they're really keen on slashing ME Bank's uh, costs. So little tip there, if you are wanting to, to lock in a term deposit, maybe may pay to jump in if you're interested in those rates because I don't think they're going to be around for long. Effie, thanks as always. Thank you. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett to the NRL first. Quite an interesting development into how Tommy Turbo actually injured himself. Yeah, maybe we can call him the Novak Djokovic of the NRL. A couple of weeks ago, we were questioning uh, just how, (laughs) if Novak had really suffered an abdominal tear playing in the Australian Open. Well, now there's some doubt just around how uh, Tommy Turbo, as you said, might have hurt his hamstring. He fronted the media yesterday, took the unusual step of apologising for for tearing his hamstring, which I've never heard a player do. I've never heard someone apologise for getting injured. He said it <laughs> happened in a, a slip-up in, in the bathroom. He fell over in the shower. And then uh, a couple of hours later, the Daily Telegraph and Channel 9 have this video of uh, of Tommy Turbo in a foot race with Harry, who's a West Tigers fan, along the Corso in Manly. Um, regardless of how it happened, obviously, he is their, their most important player. Played just 19 games in the last two seasons. Uh, that was, He's had repeated um, issues with his left hamstring. This is to his right hamstring. And the Seagulls say we won't see him until at least round four. So not a good morning for Tommy Turbo. Who won the race down the Corso? It was a race down the Corso and Harry won as well. That was the other bit of news to come out of that video that Harry the West Tigers fan actually beat Tommy Turbo. And now uh, we won't see the Manly superstar uh, for the first month of the season. Fallout continues. In the AFL, this was an extraordinarily hard interview to watch. Brett, Mark Thompson has spoken in depth for the first time since avoiding jail for a drug conviction. Yeah, as you said, it was uh, really tough to watch. He spoke about how he reconnected with his two sons. He went through a, a marriage breakup and, and, and obviously a tough time with the, the Essendon supplement um, scandal that, that dragged on for a number of years. And he struggled with his role in that and feeling like he, he never supported his players. He's been diagnosed now with PTSD and, and revealed that uh, he became an ice user, a quite heavy uh, ice user. And his housemate, Thomas Windsor, was convicted of trafficking from uh, their Port Melbourne apartment where they were both living and, and Bomber was very lucky just to escape with a uh, conviction for drug possession and, and avoided a jail term. So, yeah, quite a, a powerful interview last night on A Current Affair. And, Brett, also this morning, Aaron Finch's streak of low scores continued last night with the Aussie T20 team losing to New Zealand. Yeah, this is a, a real worry now, Tash, with the T20 World Cup in India Later this year, gone for one run last night. That sparked a collapse. The Aussies, four for 19, chasing 185 to win in Christchurch. His last 10 innings, his high score is 18. His average is just seven. You'd think we've got another four matches in this T20 series. They'll, they'll give him a couple more chances, to, given that he is the, the captain of the side. He's the reigning T20 International Player of the Year. And two summers ago, he was going through a similar form slump, was able to bat his way out of it. But we have a lot of depth in terms of uh, opening batsmen in, in the T20 arena, Josh Phillippe, Marcus Stoinis, Matthew Wade and Darcy Short. So another couple of chances for Aaron Finch, but uh, you think if this was uh, to continue, then uh, selectors will have to make a tough call. Yeah, indeed. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash.
Checking the weather details around the country now this Tuesday morning. Brisbane firstly, shower or two on the way, 32. 23 degrees the expected top today for Sydney. Showers also on the way. Partly cloudy and 19 for Melbourne. 19 degrees also expected for Canberra with a possible shower. Partly cloudy for both Hobart and Adelaide today with 19 and 22 degrees expected there. Very hot and sunny. Warm day on the way yet again for Perth. 38 degrees the expected top and a possible storm and showers for Darwin with 31. And the mystery winner of last week's $50 million Powerball jackpot has been found. And he says he still plans on going to work at least until the end of the week. The man from Mackay in North Queensland, who wants to remain anonymous, says he buys the odd ticket now and then, but his brain is still going 100 miles an hour after he finally checked his ticket on the app and saw his winning numbers. While as for what he will do with his newfound fortune, he says he plans on sharing it with his family, taking care of his parents and owning his own home. Well done. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.